Welcome back, kids. I hope you are ready to get fucking deep with me today because as you may have guessed from the title, we are channeling our inner Ari and going for a deep dive on our past relationships and discussing all things exes. And when I say all things exes, what I really mean is one specific thing and that is what our exes have taught us. I, for one, am personally so fucking grateful for my exes and my past relationships, all two of them, because they have really made me the person that I am today. I know talking about past relationships can be quite triggering for some, especially for those of you who haven't had the most pleasant experiences. And I want to preface this episode by saying that you absolutely do not have to like your exes, nor do you have to forgive them if they have hurt you. But I want you to be so fucking grateful for the experience of them coming in and out of your life. And I'm going to explain why as we delve into this. I will say, however, I do come from the privileged position of having had two relatively positive experiences. And despite both breakups being quite hard on me mentally and emotionally, they have been a catalyst for some big fucking growth. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. My name is Tyler. I am your textbook Capricorn and ENFJ, and I'm here to share with you my journey of self-development in learning to live with the existential dread that is your 20s. This podcast will talk about all things living with depression and anxiety, health, career, and finding our place in this big wide world. So without further ado, let's get started. So let me dive right in here and set the scene for you. I am currently 22 years old and for the overwhelming majority of my young adulthood, I have actually been in a relationship. I got into my first serious relationship when I was just 17, which lasted nearly four years. And then about nine months after that relationship ended, I found another. I was in this relationship for around eight months before we decided to part ways. So looking back on the past five odd years, I've only been single for like a total of 10 months. So when you think about it is not very long. So as you can imagine, I am, I don't have much experience being single or being in the whole dating scene. And given both times that I've been single now, we've been amidst a global pandemic that has seen us confined to our own homes. I haven't really had much opportunity in the way of getting out there, which in all honesty doesn't bother me because when my first relationship ended, my goal was to go on this huge self-development journey because I was seeing some unhealthy behaviors on my part surface within my relationship. And My intention for that time period of being single was to really get to know myself and, you know, go through some powerful bouts of change. And it was really only by chance that I ended up meeting my most recent partner. I certainly did not go looking. Both my relationships in saying that were incredibly meaningful to me. And like I said, I had such positive experiences with both of them and they showed me things and taught me powerful lessons about myself, what I want from relationships and how I want to show up in relationships and for myself in the future. As someone who struggles with mental health and has some deep childhood wounds, I found the greatest comfort and security when I'm in a committed relationship. And on the surface level, this is really irrespective of the person and what they provide for me in the relationship. My body just takes great comfort in the feeling of being connected deeply to someone because this is something I felt I lacked growing up. I didn't feel like I had much connection to those around me, be it family or friends. And so inside a romantic partnership, you know, because you were both genuinely choosing one another, I found that sort of safety and security. 
So to signpost this episode super clearly for you guys, because I'm a fucking raging chatterbox and tend to go off on a tangent, I want to cover off with you guys really briefly my experiences in my two relationships, the similarities and differences between the two of them, the things that I felt went wrong in my relationships looking back now. And although it's a frustrating thing to look back on because you think if only I'd known at the time I could have changed it. Um... I think it's really, really important to be able to reflect as a means of moving forward. I'm going to touch on things like emotional dependency, codependency, and like traumas and wounding. Then I want to talk to you guys about some of the things that I've learned about myself, how I show up for myself and how I show up in in relationships and the need to become emotionally self-reliant. And some of the tips and tricks that I've found over my own little personal development piece on really how I've come out of this space and in all honesty still am coming out of this space because I am by no means where I'm supposed to be and I'm not you know fully healed or in this you know divine aligned path I am still managing and getting by every single day but I feel like having the knowledge behind you and having some experiences and understanding behind you is super powerful for you for moving forward and without that self-awareness and ability to critically reflect you will quite literally never overcome the experiences you've been through. So as I already shared with you guys I got into my first relationship when I was 17 I had just left high school we were going through the HSC and this was really the first time I'd ever been in a serious relationship um and it was all quite new to me and him for that matter we were both you know our first serious relationship we were together for close to four years and we really went through a lot over that time there was you know a lot of emotional turbulence um between us as well as for me personally I was going through an extremely difficult period in my life you know transitioning out of my home life I'd moved out of home and moved around several times I was trying to find myself in terms of what I was doing with my career and with uni and I did not quite yet have an establishment for myself I didn't know who I was and where I was going and all of those things do feed into your relationships especially from a young age because you know being a teenager you don't know all this stuff and as much as your parents and family and friends around you do have your best interests at heart sometimes they don't always know what is best for you you are really the only person who knows about you and deep deep down what you want and what you desire and I think for me I was seeking all the answers from other people I was seeking clarity from other people and I really just wanted someone to tell me what the fuck was up and what I was supposed to be doing which as I will come to learn years and years later cannot be done so yeah in this relationship for nearly four years um we went through university together. We lived together for a few period, like different periods of time because I was like, you know, moving around quite a bit. We even worked together at one point and a lot of people would from the outset think that we spent a lot of time together and it was absolutely true. We were together quite a lot and in all honesty, he was really the first person I'd come across in my life who I really didn't get sick of being around. I always felt emotionally drained being around most of my friends and family and really needed that time to retreat and recharge before I could emerge as this social butterfly again. Um, but with this person, I just felt 
so comfortable and so at ease and it didn't matter whether we were actively together hanging out or like engaged with one another or not. It was just a matter of them being present and around me that just made me feel so safe and so comfortable. And I really, really enjoyed that feeling. I knew that, you know, being in a partnership is something, is a feeling that I genuinely enjoy and having that presence really does just make my body just feel so at ease. And, you know, obviously we had the conversations over time about like living together and how the time we're spending together is impacting us because there were instances um, where, you know, we probably were spending too much time together and not having enough time independently, which I can absolutely agree with. And I think for someone like me who was struggling with mental health and struggling with things like codependency and trauma bonding, it was really hard for me to take a step back because whilst my partner might have been craving some alone time and, you know, time to themselves, I fucking hated being left alone. Like leaving me alone with myself was terrifying. And it was the most uncomfortable feeling ever. I hated being alone with myself and my thoughts and my emotions. And I just genuinely felt so bored and had nothing to do. And I had no hobbies. I had no passions. My mental health at the time was really impacting my passion for a lot of things. And a lot of the things that I used to previously enjoy doing, I didn't enjoy so much anymore. So it was really, really difficult for me to let go of my relationship, even just for a day and say, hey, let's spend some time alone. That was a really difficult thing for me to do. And as you can imagine, um, when someone kind of seeks comfort and support externally because they can't provide it for themselves, it's a very chaotic situation when there is no support externally. When your partner turns around and says, hey, I don't have it in me today, you have to you know, take care of yourself. That's a really hard thing to process, especially when you've not got much experience in the way of being emotionally self-reliant, as I will touch on a bit later. And as I look back, I can really see the impacts that me placing a lot of pressure on this relationship to, you know, protect me from my own traumas and past experiences had because from someone who had the complete opposite upbringing to me, being able to provide support and comfort to someone who's experienced something different from you would be extremely hard for them. And all credit to my partner at the time because he was super patient and he was super accommodating and for the most part just took me on wherever he could. And I will be forever grateful of that because I genuinely don't know how I would have managed without him throughout that difficult period. And I can sit here with absolute certainty and say that I recognize the impacts that it would have had on him personally and on the relationship at the time. And I think being in such a dark space for myself, it's really hard to be aware of it at the time. And so for me now being able to sit here, you know, older and all the wiser, I'm reflective of that particular point in my life and I recognize those behaviors and it's something I I eventually did recognize towards the end of the relationship, which is why I made the difficult decision to end it. And I can think to myself now that those are things that I want to work on for myself so that I don't carry those into new relationships. 
One of the other difficult things about our first relationship was that we did struggle quite early on as well. Like it wasn't just all happy bliss for the first couple of years. We we did struggle for quite a while, but I think the thing that we both had in our minds throughout the, the time we were together was that we don't really have another experience behind us to be able to compare this to. Therefore, we don't know what the breaking point is. We don't know when enough is enough. And it wasn't that we were both so torn down. We were just like, have we tried hard enough? Is this normal? Is there something we can do? Can we try a little bit harder? Can we tweak things a little bit? And we were just really, we, we, we really, really tried. We did. We had these conversations a lot. And for me, it got to the point of feeling like every single conversation was square one was really for me when I thought to myself, look, I can see the intention here. I can see the effort. I can see that we both genuinely do want happiness from this, but it's not happening. And neither of us are making that change necessary, not because we don't want to, but we are clearly too young and don't have the right skills and emotional maturity and resources to really fight this battle. And prolonging that would only tear us down mentally individually and that is not something I would have been okay with because you know I knew this person for a very long time and I had all positive feelings towards them but the love and the relationship for me was starting to dwindle and before it got to the point where it became an unpleasant experience I made the difficult decision to let that relationship go. And I'll admit for a long time, I did toss up on whether I'd made the right decision. And I spent a lot of time maybe regretting what I'd done. And it was a really, really hard period. It was, you know, right before the start of COVID. So I had to move out. I found my own place. I changed all my jobs and kind of tried to reinvent myself in this space and I tried to work on establishing a good relationship with my ex and committing to that friendship of we're here to support each other through this process because I was in no way of just upping and leaving and saying well, that's it we're done that's not the person I am unless of course it was a really you know traumatic experience which as I've said already it was not. My second relationship came some nine months after my first relationship ended. And as I've already mentioned, this was not a relationship I went actively looking for. In fact, it was, you know, very out of the blue. And my intention for separating with my first partner and moving away from where I was living was really to just take a long, hard look at myself and, you know, really try and cement myself in positive habits and build myself from the ground up because everything I had been doing up until that point was clearly not working for me and my mental health was really at an all-time low. So I took, you know, the remnants of my relationship that I felt didn't work and I had taken parts of the way my life was going that I felt didn't work and I was really committed to Making those changes, I started, you know, finding hobbies and trying to hang out with friends and, you know, really live my life the way, in a way that would make me truly happy. And it was just unfortunate enough that, you know, COVID kind of put a halt to that. It shut my uni down. It shut my internship down. I'd started doing cheerleading, which put that on hold. Footy was cancelled, you know. 
the world just kind of had descended into chaos and you know although it was stressful you know starting all these new positive habits and then having them kind of paused it really made me realize that even outside of a relationship I was still placing all of my happiness and success and fulfillment on external things. So when the world stops, when my relationships stop, when my job gets put on hold, when my hobbies get put on hold, I'm miserable, right? And that's because all my happiness was coming from external sources. Everything that I felt good about in my life was dependent on something out of my control. And I know a lot of people are the same as me because when we think about it, like our lives shouldn't be miserable just because our jobs stop or because sometimes our hobbies get put on hold or because we're no longer in a relationship. We really, really should be happy within ourselves regardless of what we're doing. And I know that's a difficult thing to say now because majority of us are in lockdown and I'm with you all. I'm struggling just as hard. And it's taking me a long, long process here to come to terms with being by myself and doing things for myself and trying to find that happiness within myself that doesn't, that isn't contingent on something external. So this new relationship, um, yeah, nine months after my first, I really wanted to space it out because I certainly did not want to jump from one relationship to the other. One, out of respect for my first partner because we had such a deep history together and I wasn't in the place to offer any sort of romantic partnership to someone else whilst still grieving my first. And also because I was still super aware of a lot of the things that I was exhibiting in my first relationship that I didn't want to carry through to the next And spoiler alert here, there are a lot of things that I carried through to this relationship because I was in this naive space of thinking that, you know, time heals all wounds and spacing out my relationships is, you know, the way to make the next one work. But in all reality, the timing wasn't the issue. And in hindsight, I regret placing an emphasis on the time more than I did doing the actual work. Because here's the secret, people. Time doesn't do shit doing the fucking work does. You can heal yourself in weeks, days, months, even if you know what the fuck you're doing, but sitting there and going, okay, cool. It's been X amount of time. Should be good to go now is, you know, silly thinking. And that is exactly how I was thinking at the time. So when it came around the time where my second partner and I decided to pursue a romantic relationship, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. It's been this amount of time. Things should be good. But Guess who slipped straight back into whole dastardly old behaviors pretty much straight away? Yep, it was me. So (laughs) one of the main things I wanted to talk to you about, and it's a common theme between both of my relationships, is that I struggled heavily with codependency and emotional reliance. And I want to make it clear that there's a difference between being independent and being emotionally dependent. I'm a super fucking independent person. I've, you know, for the most part, taken care of myself. Um, I've lived in a few different homes and with different family members and with my partner and I've rented by myself. But for the longest time, I have really been, you know, self-dependent. I've been, you know, working, paying my own way. I don't rely on financial assistance from others where possible and just really taken radical responsibility for my life in 
a physical sense. I'll talk more about the emotional sense next. So yeah, super independent person looking to be, you know, a mature adult. Like I was always interested in moving out and all that sort of stuff, but for the right reasons. And one of the things I really struggled with was really taking um, responsibility for my emotions and my wounds and my traumas. And not so much that I blamed other people because, you know, everyone's got their feelings about their past experiences and how other people impacted them. And whilst I certainly had, you know, negative feelings towards people in my life and things that had happened to me, I think the thing that I struggled with the most is processing that and learning how to deal with those emotions and how to regulate them. So, I'll be pretty honest, one of the things I feel like I lacked growing up, especially from my parents, is having that sort of emotional support. I was, I am still, I'm a very highly emotional person and I always have been and being a highly emotional person is absolutely okay, but it's knowing how to regulate yourself and it's knowing how to process those emotions is the key thing. And, you know, both my parents weren't like, you know, I was the first child, obviously. So, you know, we're always that tester, but I don't feel like I ever had that proper emotional support when I was in, you know, states of distress. And so I was never comforted or soothed or felt safe to be in my emotions. And so being emotional for me was extremely turbulent. It was really uncomfortable. I just felt completely out of alignment. And so as you can imagine, when I come into a romantic partnership with someone who genuinely chooses me, like this person wants to be with me, I take such comfort in that. And as you can imagine, the natural thing that happens is I just dump on them and I go, here's all my shit. Here's all my sadness. Here's all my emotion. Just hold me, take care of me, protect me. Don't let me feel sad. And, you know, without actively saying that, that is what I did in both of my relationships. I just took such security and safety in my relationships and used that as my source of happiness and comfort so that when I was not with my partner or if we were away or doing our own things, I genuinely felt so uncomfortable. And it wasn't a case of me being upset or angry at my partner for not being there or not being with me. It was just my body was just in this foreign state or it went back to that state in which, you know, I was when I was a child where I just felt so uncomfortable, so alone. I didn't like being left to myself or with my own thoughts. And I was back in the place of having no ability to self-soothe, self-regulate or process my emotions on my own. And a way we can describe this phenomenon is essentially known as emotional dependency. It is where we derive our self-worth, our happiness, our comfort, our safety and security from someone or something outside of ourselves. And I did that for a long time in both my relationships. I gave my power away to other people. I, I placed the expectation on other people to be my, my comfort and my security. And I really failed to ever step up and be that support for myself because I didn't know how. I didn't know how to be my own support. I didn't know how to sit with my own emotions and process them. And it was a struggle for me for a long time because even outside of, you know, normal life ups and downs, my mental health was not in a great place and it just kind of piled onto me. So wherever I found some sort of relief, wherever I found some sort of comfort, 
I held on to that so damn tightly. And that in itself is part of the reason I found it difficult to exit both my relationships, regardless of the reasons why it was necessary. It is a case of stepping out of something that is comfortable and familiar and going, I now have to take radical responsibility for myself here. I have to be my own biggest support. I have to look after myself. I have to step up and be the support that I need for myself. And this has been one of the biggest and most powerful lessons for me moving forward. That is to become emotionally self-reliant. Emotional self-reliance, it sounds quite simple in theory, but it's actually it's actually a hard process to go through, especially for someone like me. I've spent 22 years the way that I am. And the last couple of weeks and months of me delving into this sort of work, it's inevitably going to be an uncomfortable and challenging process to strip back the layers of myself that are no longer serving me and plant the seeds of behaviors and habits and attitudes that are going to help me grow into the future. And I'm still tinkering with all this. I am, you know, I'm learning, I'm reading books, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm doing what feels right in my body and really learning to sit with my emotions and reflect on them and really honor them. And Part of being emotionally dependent on other people is that I've looked for comfort elsewhere and while seeking comfort externally, I'm ignoring my own emotions. So I might be sad, but instead of me sitting with that sadness and addressing it or trying to reflect on it or understand it, I'll push it aside and seek my comfort within my partner and say, I'm sad, I just need comfort. And that is necessary in some cases. Sometimes you genuinely do just need to be with someone that you love and just be supported. But, you know, if you're using that as an escape from your emotions and really facing what's going on for you, you are going to fall into that cycle of emotional dependency and you're only ever going to find relief when you are with someone. And you're going to get to the scenario like I have when you aren't with someone and you are going to struggle to manage your own emotions. I do think it's really important here to also delve a little bit into traumas and wounding. So basically a lot of our traumas and a lot of our wounds do stem from, you know, childhood um, and the condition of our environment growing up. And my emotional dependency, so my issues in that, that do tend to surface within my relationships are the result of my wounds from childhood being triggered and understanding that has been really key to understanding my emotional dependency. It's been really key to understanding my needs because conflicts in relationships generally arise from past unprocessed wounds. And that is relevant to me for both my relationships. It's been relevant because it's been the same wound that I still haven't processed. And I will preface this as well and say, it's not easy to process your wounds. It's not easy to resolve that trauma. It's not easy to escape that feeling because believe me, if it was easy, I would have bloody done it by now. And I mean, Understanding that and being aware of it and being able to reflect on that is is the first step. And it's going to be a hard, hard process dealing with your wounds so that 
your relationship is able to grow beyond and it really does help you and your partner understand each other better. I found that whenever my partner and I came into such heated conflicts, the way they were almost always resolved were with this emotional breakdown of all our walls and we just became super vulnerable and open with each other and honest with each other around what we'd struggled with in the past and why we were the way we are now and like we were open with the fact that we didn't like some of the things that we each did within ourselves but we had an explanation for why those things were surfacing and although those conversations were draining it was it was really refreshing to be able to see my partner in a vulnerable state because it helped me to understand why they were in the position they were in and inevitably it helped them understand why I was this emotionally dependent mess. And I mean, over time, unfortunately, that in itself was not quite enough to salvage what we had built, which is fine because sometimes the weight of all the things that we've been through is too much to counteract the the good that a relationship might bring in and for me it's just another kick in the ass that after ending my first relationship I had a goal to go on this self-development journey and just concentrate on myself and process these wounds and it's just reminded me now that that's what I've that's what I've come here to do. That's what I've got to do. And that has to be my focus. And so the closing of another relationship while sad, it's really just put me back on my aligned path of doing the work for myself, showing up for myself and going on this journey that I know is going to bring me to a much better place. So I want to get into the, you know, useful and practical part of this episode. And that is my advice going forward. And this section may seem a little sparse, mainly because I am still going on this journey, but I would really love to share with you guys how I've managed the past couple of months. It's been nearly two months now since my partner and I separated. And it's also been amidst the lockdown period, which has kind of made it harder than it normally would have been in other circumstances. And so this can be a useful episode, even if you are just struggling in lockdown or if you are dealing with something or um, relationships aside, if you are really trying to reclaim emotional independency and show up for yourself, this may be super useful for you. So let me share with you guys what I've been up to this period. First thing I've done is I've ignored every piece of advice that has told me to distract myself or move on or focus on other things. The focus on other things part, yes, is good, but I want to make it extremely clear here that with whatever you are going through, ignoring it and just moving on is not always the answer. And as someone who really has buried their emotions and ignored the healing process for so long... It does not work, okay? It festers, it becomes nasty, it becomes ugly, it makes you more resentful, bitter, upset and angry and I would not recommend that approach for anyone. So for me and, you know, the past six to eight weeks, it has been an emotional roller coaster. but I have let my body feel everything that it wants to feel. If I wake up and just want to cry, I cry. If I go to sleep and just want to cry, I cry. If I sit there and I start feeling angry, I let myself feel that anger. Whatever surfaces in my body is a completely valid emotion and you need to honor that. 
trying to suppress the anger or sadness or trying to ignore it and pretend it's not there or distract yourself won't get it to go away. That energy will sit within your body until you release it. So just yeah, do, do whatever you need to do to get that emotion out. And this is the tricky part because for me, when I have an emotion arise within me, I don't know what to do with it. And I guess that's where a lot of us trip ourselves up because a lot of people who are emotionally unstable in the means of they can't control like their anger, they tend to lash out and become a bit of a pain in the ass for people around them. And learning to manage your emotions and learning how to express them in healthy ways is such a critical activity in being able to process the emotion and release it from your body so that you can move forward because no one wants to hold on to anger no one wants to hold on to sadness and and all the negative feelings that arise within you I have been doing a lot of journaling lately. I cross between typing on my laptop, the notes in my phone and actually writing in a journal. And I like to write exactly what I'm feeling within myself. I try and attribute it to a why and a place in my past or in my present that it's come from. I like to describe the sensations in my body. So when I feel sad and upset, my chest gets tight. I struggle to breathe. I like to really get to the depths of this emotion and understand why it's within my body and then Once I've done that, once I've acknowledged the emotion and honored its presence, I've made a conscious decision to say, I choose to no longer feel like this. I have acknowledged this emotion within my body, but I no longer choose to feel like this. And I, in my head or on in my journal, I recreate a new story around what I'm trying to feel. So if I'm feeling sadness that, you know, I'm not worthy and no one loves me, I honor that feeling. I acknowledge that it's come from wounding from a a dark space. And then once I've acknowledged and honored that emotion, I can say to myself, I no longer choose to feel this way. I am loved. I am worthy. The right person for me is out there. I am honoring myself and I can move forward with that story and let go of that negative energy that once sat within me. This is a really hard practice to get used to, especially if you're someone who's quite pessimistic like me and always tending to think of the negatives. Um, I will say it is hard to get your head around and it is really hard to get into the habit of reframing these thoughts. One interesting thing I actually did not long ago is I was feeling so emotional and I wrote this huge messy journal entry and every sentence was negative. And once I'd finished, I'd calm down and just sat there for a minute. And then I actually went back and I rewrote the entire journal entry again but changed each individual sentence and reframed it to a more positive spin on the same thing that I'd already written and it was just kind of like I'd gotten the negativity out of me now I'm rewriting the same story from a positive mindset and it was a really powerful practice to do and honestly it was completely unlike me and it just came to me but I would really, really recommend it for someone who is struggling to see the good because it's so easy to sit there and go, this won't work, this won't work. But when you sit there and think, say to yourself, okay, I'm going to take the other approach here. What good can possibly come out of this? Once we've started to get a bit of a grip on honoring our emotions and really allowing our bodies to feel the emotions that arise within us, the next thing that I've really begun to concentrate on in this whole journey is focusing on building myself up. 
So obviously whilst I was in relationships, the thing I struggled with most was framing my entire identity around my relationship and the life that I had whilst inside that relationship that when I was no longer in the relationship or if I was away from my partner, I really had nothing going for myself. And it's really sad to say because it's not like I ever didn't want to lie for myself. It was just that I felt such safety and comfy, comfortability within my relationship that I just didn't bother to go out and build anything for myself. Like I had my career and I had my own place and I was doing all my own sorts of things, but I really wasn't putting in the energy into claiming that life as my own, that without my partner, I am my own independent person and I can survive without them. It's nice having them in my life, but I can survive without them. So, you know, one of the few things I did once I'd separated with my partner was I really went and, you know, invested in myself. I booked myself a trip to New Zealand spontaneously, which, you know, sadly is put on hold due to COVID, but that's another story. I booked myself in with a one-on-one coach. We did some work with rapid transformational therapy, in other words, hypnotherapy, which was super fascinating. We did a lot of one-on-one mentor mentee work with like masculine feminine energies. I did myself um, a few other courses and am looking at doing some more of these into the future. I rekindled my therapy journey um but I'm treating it a little bit differently now I'm not going on this journey in terms of um managing my mental health per se it's more me learning coping mechanisms and how to move forward because every time I used to go to therapy when I was younger it was kind of like I'm depressed and I fix it whereas I'm not here to try and find well I am trying to find a fix but I'm not just showing up every day dumping on a stranger and then calling it a day. I am really here trying to affect some positive change and I am super aware of my traumas. I'm super aware of my issues. So I don't need to go to this person to re-explain myself each time. I'm here to see some progress. So yeah, done some coaching, gone back to therapy, invested in courses. I booked myself a holiday. I've re-enrolled myself in a lot of classes that I initially had an interest in doing at one point. So obviously a lot of our classes are put on hold because of COVID, but prior to the lockdowns, I started um, doing pole dancing. I started Pilates. I started going for my morning walks again. I really started, you know, making each day what I wanted it to be. Because when I look into the future and I say, what do I want my life to be in a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? What I don't want to be doing is waking up 15 minutes before I have to start work, rushing to get ready, barely being able to have breakfast, sitting through a day of work, coming home, showering, cooking, feeling exhausted and going to bed. Like that's really not the life I'm trying to live. So for me, building exactly the kind of life that I want and going, hey, like I want to do this, I can do it. And so that's what I've done. Being a bit trickier in lockdown, obviously, I've um, had some impulse purchases. So I actually bought myself a pole for my garage so that I can still practice while classes are not running. I bought myself roller skates to learn, which I think is bloody hilarious. And if I'm ever in the mood, I may post some of these videos because they are honestly so funny. Um, I haven't quite worked up the courage to go outside yet. So I've been skating around the empty living room that we have um, on like, it's pretty much roller rink type flooring, which is fantastic, but absolutely terrifying nonetheless. I've been reading more. I've been journaling more. I've been 
you know, indulging in a little bit more self-care, you know, trying to pass the time, cooking myself more, investing in my health. I've gone back to see my naturopath, really just bringing back all the things that I knew I wanted to do at one point, but just put on hold for myself and, and stopped investing in and stopped putting my energy into, which I, I sit here now and think, why the hell did I do that? But yeah, so engaging in healthy habits, focusing on building myself back up, giving myself a life so that when the next person walks into my life, I am not half. I am whole. I am already a whole person on my own without someone else. I am this already beautifully decorated cake and the next person is just this tiny little cherry on top. So that is my episode for today, guys. Just to recap, I want to make sure I leave with you guys the most helpful knowledge I possibly can. And today we covered talking about our exes and what they've taught us, specifically what mine have taught me around my wounds and my emotional dependency and how this period now of being single, independent and in lockdown, I'm really being given this divine opportunity here to do the work that I was supposed to do for myself last year, but got lazy and didn't do. So I really hope you guys found today's message powerful. I know there may be a lot of you out there in relationships currently that may be feeling some of the feelings that I've talked about here today. You may be feeling a bit of dependency on your partner for, you know, providing that emotional support and lacking giving that to yourself and building that for yourself. So I would really, really encourage you to have a look at how you connect within your relationship and what kind of pressures you place on your relationship and yourself to manage your emotions. It's something that can be detrimental if not managed correctly. And in all honesty, like it's a slow and arduous journey, but getting to know yourself is incredibly fun. Um, at certain points of the time and learning about yourself really is is the most powerful thing ever you know when we learn who we are and what we want and what we deeply deeply desire the universe just says to us hey like I'm gonna give it to you and I'm super excited to see where I end up in you know the next six to twelve months what I'm doing who I'm with where life is taking me and that's the way I'm approaching this situation and for those of you who are in a similar mindset or struggling to reclaim yourselves and reclaim your lives, I would really, really encourage you to start some more kind of inner work and practice things like journaling and honoring your emotions and starting to look inward at why you feel the way you feel and try to name and describe those sorts of emotions because you'll find more often than not that unconsciously or subconsciously a lot of the triggers you have now in your life and in your relationships stem from something that happened to you earlier in your life and you may not even be aware of that at the time but it's definitely there. I would highly recommend looking into RTT or hypnotherapy. It's not as like all woo-woo as it's made out to be. Like you are fully conscious, sort of. And yeah, like it can be such a liberating 
thing. You might find you get answers and clarity in areas that you never thought you could and you'll learn things about yourself that you may not otherwise have been able to make connections to. But anyway, that's my ramble. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will chat to you guys soon. Thank you guys so much for tuning into my podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and found it insightful. My life is full of crazy stories that I just cannot wait to share more of. So thank you again for listening and I will chat to you guys next time. Bye.